This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Double Tap for Thursday, the 29th of December 2022. We're here for the holidays and we're continuing our seven days of 2022. We're getting into more of the big accessible tech news stories of 2022, starting right now. Welcome to Double Tap 7 Days of 2022, the big accessible tech review. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, I was, I was a DJ there. I was DJing. I noticed from the 1930s. I, <laughs> right now, right now, there will be music playing, I believe, uh, right at this moment in time. Wow. Okay, you're going stir-crazy, obviously. I've been oh, going through my presents. I must say, I've got more aftershave and underpants than I could possibly ever need in my entire life. You're set uh, up for the year. Cool. I know, I know. Uh, when a, a man hits a certain age, it's underpants and uh, aftershave. That's the only possible Christmas presents you can receive, apparently. You know, I remember people saying that, and I used to think that was a joke. And then I not only receive them, but I also welcome them as well. Oh, yes, definitely. You can never have too many pairs of boxers. That's true. Well, here's the thing, right? What I, I don't know if you do this, but what I do Oh, is, please be careful. No, no, no. This is what I do. Right. So I, I go to my uh, underwear drawer. Oh, my drawer. Gosh. And um, I, I, what I do is I then clear out <laughs> the 2022 model. No. And then I replace it with a new 2023 model. That's what I was doing last night. Brilliant. Wow. Oh, so so these underpants are last season. I can't possibly be seen wearing these. And you, th- Do you throw uh, them no, away? No, no, no. All right, okay. What I do is, I'm very clever about this, I have one of the, you know they get these vacuum bags? Oh, yes, space-saving bags, yes. I've yep. got so, so about you, a thousand of them under my bed. And you, yeah. <laughs> and you put yes. everything in there and then it's just it, I think it's just this kind of sense of achievement when you take something that is you know like a monster and then it shrinks down to absolutely nothing and you just chuck it under the bed well that's exactly what I do and it means I've got backup <laughs> pants please, please stop these bags are huge are you saying you've got a thousand <laughs> pairs of ten years back underpants vacuum packed in well safely away maybe kind that's, of thing yes actually maybe that's a good thing it's not a bad thing I'm telling you the amount of times it's been necessary especially you know I will say during the pandemic it was very useful because you know I, I noticed during the pandemic I don't know if you did oh, this dear. I was taking showers like twice a day oh yeah no, no, yeah that's true so you and of course you can't put the same clothes back on I just I can't do that I cannot put I've got to put fresh clothes on every single time mm. so no, I was true. going through clothes like nobody's business I was buying shorts and t-shirts like they're going out of fashion crack open the emergency underpants bag I need a pair yeah well that was a beautiful story thank you so much for sharing yeah wow. and, and what was the other thing aftershave I don't get aftershave I, don't, I can't wear aftershave it no, just makes yes, me sneeze you don't wear it do you at all no I'm just. Uh, I don't. I, like I, I don't really have shape. a. I asked. Our, you know our lovely assistant Jane, who who comes with us on trips. Yes. We only bring her out to to go on, to go on trips. The rest of the time, we just you know throw her back to whatever she does. Yes. And um, <laughs> she, hello, she, Jane. <laughs> and you know, she said. I asked her one day. I said, "What do I smell like?" I mean, I'm all admit. You know, I'm a bit forthright. You are so weird. I know. <laughs> No wonder you go through PAs. I know. Smell me. What do I smell like? I did. It's not in my job description. And of course I did that, you know, in the typical Stephen Scott way. Come here and smell me. What do I smell of? And she came over and she said, uh, nothing. You smell of nothing. Oh, she well, said, that's you, nice. You, there's no scent off you whatsoever. Now, that's a good thing, right? No, that is. Well done. Yes. But it's also a little bit unnerving. It makes me feel like a... If you I look in the exist. mirror, I'll be invisible, you know? <laughs> it's like, do I even exist? <laughs> wow. Oh, so, God. yeah. Jane needs a pay rise. God bless uh, she you, She certainly does. She certainly does. Um, but uh, obviously, she doesn't listen to the show, so we'll never have that conversation no, come up again. Well done. Well done. Um, okay. So, do you know one thing we didn't talk about this this, this week yet? And I, I'm hoping what? we'll get to it, um, because it's something that happened, you and I, this year. We Oops. went to Canada. We did. That was this year. I mean, it doesn't feel like it. It feels like it was forever ago, but it was. It was this year. Oh, man. I, you know what? I, I, I enjoyed that so much. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing. I, it was great to go That's the furthest I've ever been. That's the most planes I've ever been on in one day. Was it even one day? <laughs> I have no idea. And the last plane we went on, it had propellers. I mean, what's that? it was like being in the Flintstones. It was crazy. <laughs> but, oh, absolutely amazing. 
Um, <laughs> it was. It was an amazing play. I will say, though, that I think the, the 4.30 a.m. trip to McDonald's was possibly the funniest <laughs> and most nerve-wracking because we nearly died and had our money we, taken from us. We didn't near... There was, there was some very helpful Canadian people there offering to take our card and drive through for us. Yes, that, Obviously, they absolutely. would have met us on the other side, give us our card and our food back. It's you. See, you're just suspicious. No, there, there, was, there was too much open land for my liking out there. <laughs> and I thought, we are going to end up buried in, in this somewhere. It just it had that feeling that we were... I, 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 what was that uh, movie? Was it Wolf Creek or something? It was one of those kind of it was oh, Australian yes. outback movie and these, these mm-hmm. you know, couple get... You know, the car breaks down. It's always the oh, start. It's, it's always the same what? in these horror movies. The car breaks down on an empty road and then, you know, it just happens to be at the same time a serial killer's driving by. Well, um, to be fair, what sort of uh, madman comes out of their hotel room <laughs> at 4.30am and says, let's go find a McDonald's? Me. That's who. Yes, quite right. So it's your own fault. And you were quite happy... I was. To take part in that. They were lovely. They were I think what's funnier is we just got Jane out of bed to take us. That yes, was the I best know. bit. And I will <laughs> say, after realising that the road, where, where the sidewalk essentially, where you would walk, was not where I thought it was, I'm really glad that Jane was there because I think we would have been killed. Oh, yeah, no, uh, absolutely. And if we had gone the way you wanted to go to try and find that KFC, I mean, that that thing for crossing the road... It was like the size of a, a huge notice board. It had buttons all over. I, I couldn't figure it out. It's like running a nuclear uh, power station. That was a nuclear power station. Stop, oh, stop touching that. Fair enough. It was a lovely goose in, in on the side of the road as well, though. Yeah. Say. But Thank anyway, it was, uh, it was a great trip. It really was. We'll maybe talk more about that. And uh, Canada, you're gorgeous. Oh, so it was a, gotta a, say. a beautiful Amazing country. place. Can't yeah. wait to go back. I'm so glad we broadcast there, but I kind of wish I lived there as well. Do you think they would Can let us go in? Back? Is, do you think? Do you think that's ever going to be? We should repeated? just move there. Why just move to Canada? Um, well, the commute would be difficult. I mean, coming back to the shed. But hey, true. Yeah, I was thinking could you do. could take the shed with you, but like the movie that's up. Cr- it's crazy talk. Just put the movie up. Just stick some balloons on it and take yourself <laughs> to Canada. We'll all just jump in and go. Ah, oh, amazing place. Uh, right, let's talk about the, the year that was in accessible tech, right? Because there was a lot of big stories. And I think that I start with this one because I think it was one of the bigger stories of the year, especially for us, and that is Ira and it appearing on more devices. It's probably the most talked about topic on this show, I think. Ira and Apple, we like to stay at the top of the alphabet. Mm, mm. And... Um, yeah, it was the two Apple. I mean, we talk about a lot, but Ira was certainly the company I think we talked about most in terms of access tech because of the fact that they had launched their uh, app across different devices. Now, later in the year, we got less good news. We'll get to that on the other side of this, but we start with the with the positives and uh, we'll work towards the negative. Uh, but no, the, the positives were that you know they had launched on various new devices, including the Envision glasses, including the Blind Shell Classic. We get um, some explanation about all that now from Janine Stanley, friend of the show, who uh, joined us this year on a number of occasions. But this, in this particular conversation, we talk about the changes to Ira and the devices that they are now available on. People have been asking for this since the Envision glasses were announced in 2020 and since we discontinued our Horizon glasses. People, you know, I, I used to have a bell that I would ring every time people asked for wearables and said, when will you be on the Envision glasses? Well, as of August 23rd, 2022, we are on the Envision glasses. Uh, it is an early release, which means that it doesn't have all of the features that you might expect, but those features will be coming soon. And we have logged almost a thousand minutes, which is hard to believe, of people actually using the service, using the Envision glasses. And that includes some of their beta minutes, but that's just a huge amount. We have had over 100 signups uh, people uh, pairing their Envision glasses. They might have already had an IRA account uh, or they got a new account, but they're pairing their Envision glasses uh, with IRA and turning all of that on and then going out and exploring. Let's talk yep. about Blind Shell Classic because that's the other one. Blind Shell Classic 2 in particular. We are pretty psyched about this because this phone, and I know you folks have talked about it, but it is the phone for somebody who doesn't want a touchscreen phone because it is technically a smartphone. It's based on an Android phone. And 
So it's got that Android, you know, backbone on it, but it is their own operating system. All of the apps are written to their specifications so that they are, quote unquote, fully accessible, which they are. Um, You're not going to find something that doesn't work on here because they will not allow it in their app catalog. And so you've got all sorts of options. You've got buttons, physical buttons, which are pretty rewarding. When you push that button, you know something has happened. And I have mine plugged in right here. Messages, two of seven. Okay, we are on the home screen here of the blind shell. And I'm just going to go to applications. Applications, internet browser, one of 10. You can do these all by number on the phone. You notice one of 10. Tools, two of 10. I'm going to go to seven, which is visual aid. Vision aid. Ira Explorer, one of 10. I love the alphabet. Love the alphabet. <laughs> All right. Now, Ira of course, Explorer. This is the beta version, so this is not the production version. But once we're in the app, then there are up and down navigation bars on the blind shell. And you're going to use those just like up and down arrows. No cursor cross. I know a lot of people hate the cursor cross. Welcome to Ira. Aha. This is what you're going to see when you first come onto the phone. And because I just loaded this beta, you're going to get to see all this. Visual information on demand. Let's get started. If you don't have an account, we'll create one for you. It's free. Yay. And so from there, you're going to put in your phone number. You're going to get a code, which will come to you on an accessible text from the blind shelf. So you can then input that code. And then you're going to see a screen much like our desktop screen. Now, so if you've been playing, I don't know, Stephen or Sean, if you've been playing with our desktop beta or not, but uh, the blind shell experience looks a lot like that. Yeah, I've been using it a lot. Um to be honest, I, I love it. I absolutely love the desktop app. Oh, and, uh, excellent! Yeah, I've had I've had nothing but I, I have nothing good, nothing good. I have nothing to say. <laughs> what am I trying to say? I have nothing, nothing bad, bad to, say. to say. Yes, about yes. Ira. Only there you go. I'm so used to you, saying I've nothing good to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to so used to that. But no, seriously, I, I think it's a fantastic app. But no, carry on. This is very interesting. Yeah. So actually, let me go in here. I'm not actually going to sign in. There's a sign in with phone number, but you can also sign in with email, sign in with email, which is going to be really helpful. uh, If and if you already have an app, you can sign in with the phone number that is attached to your existing Ira app. A lot of people say that they're giving up their iPhones because that was the only reason they had an iPhone was to use Ira. And you can, yeah, you can now. And you notice our app is called Ira Explorer on the blind shell. Um, and we're not sure if we're going to use that as the new name of the Ira 3.0 app. But look for our mobile apps sometime in early 23 to actually all go to this format. So it's like one code to rule them all. But mm. uh, it it will be a Excellent. very similar format to the desktop. And we're going to be adding some features to the desktop desktop here soon and one of those is going to be the ability to switch your profile so if you have an ira account for work or school and your personal account you can switch back and forth between the two of them which is really important on the desktop part of it and there's the blind shell going to sleep yeah, that's that is such a great device. I love the voice on there as well. Yeah, it's it's Google Voice, which is the same voice that's on the Envision glasses and So you've got a really big choice. I think there are nine voices. So this is great for people with hearing impairments because I have looked for my husband for a smartphone that he can actually hear and understand. Most of them have the compact, horrible, I don't know what it is. It's it's Mm. even worse than eloquence. Okay, sorry, eloquence (gasps) fans. I'm not having that. I'm not Mm -hmm, having that. mm -hmm. I know, I know. I'm not having that. Okay, it's worse than e-speak. Okay, that's fine. Okay. I'll give you that. All right. There yeah, you okay. go. See. Uh, <laughs> but yes, but it's it's really a terrible voice, which if you're selling this phone to quote unquote senior citizens who usually have hearing impairments, no, wrong, yeah. wrong, wrong. Uh, but the, these Google voices are great on this phone. And the thing has, a, and it 
insane battery life. It's like 90 hour battery life, something like that. But even using Ira, it's just crazy. I mean, I see my battery an hour walk and my battery drops maybe 10%, maybe. That's amazing. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so is. that's, that's pretty huge. Yeah. So, so. Is, is there any, is this still in beta or is this? Oh yeah. You said it was in beta. Is, yeah, is this, this, uh, this will what, be, yeah. What's the this, limitations this is on being this one? Released. Pardon me? Right. What's the limitations on this one? You said there were some limitations on the sure, Envision sure. version. So let me give you the limitations one? on this, then we'll go back to Envision. The limitations on the blind shell right now, you can rate your calls. You can do things like that. You can't switch your profile if that happens to be the thing that you need to do. Um, let me see. Other limitations. This one does have GPS connected with it, so your agent can see where you are on a map. Uh, that is something that Envision does not have yet. We are working on that with the Envision uh, programmers and developers, and that will be coming. But right now, that's not there on the Envision headset. I'm trying to think of anything else on the blind shell. Oh, photo taking, true photo taking. So we are using the blind shell actually has a couple different camera systems. And so you can have your agent take photos with it. They're not going to be as high resolution as what, you know, what you would normally take with the camera app on the blind shell. So that is coming soon because we know people love to take pictures. So that's, I mean, just interesting to kind of go back and visit that conversation again, because it's actually still very current. You know, Blanchard Classics, still very much the device that people are getting to grips with with Ira. And, you know, we're seeing the potential of this new Ira app that is coming early next year. Looking forward to that as well. But, you know, it wasn't all good news with Ira this year, Sean, because there were some other challenges uh -oh. as well. Yes. Um, and, of course, the big one was the news of the changes to the free five-minute plan, which is now implemented. And that will mean that you can now only get a free five-minute call every 48 hours as opposed to every 24 hours. And we had a chat with the guys from Ira. Um, we had uh, Troy Otilio, the CEO, on the show. He was talking about this. And, you know, it was, it was a question I wanted to put to them, which was, you know, what does it get to a point where you're reducing the service so much that you may as well just not bother having the free five minutes? And, you know, I think they, they tried their best to answer that in a way that would be, you know, not, not saying yes. Um, yes. But I think there's probably, I would imagine right now, Ira, there's been conversation to say, God, I wish we'd never started this free five-minute thing at all. Um, and I think Absolutely. that's the problem. We, we got a lot of feedback from people saying that, you know, they should have probably just not bothered starting the five-minute free. It should have been a pay-as-you-go. And uh, that's something we've talked about a lot this year. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I don't even think that's the big... Um, story out of this I think people realise he can't keep that going that's unsustainable and that's fine just just cut it dead the problem I have oh no sorry the biggest story I think is the price of the plans increasing and we do, still don't know what those prices are going to be but um, yeah I think that's the bigger takeaway from this what is actually the subscription cost going to be in the future yeah, I mean, like you say, we haven't got the numbers yet. No. We were told we'll find this out early in January. Um, and it, it's one of those things, you know, when a company says, well, we, we we will increase our prices, but, you know, it'll be in line with inflation or it'll be in line with whatever. Um, but they were quite, um, it was an interesting conversation because they were kind of saying, look, this is not going to be great. No, exactly. No, so that's quite like, that, oh, how much that, are we talking here, you know? <laughs> that worries me more than saying the five minutes plan is going away. Because the five minutes plan is great and it's what I use. And it's you know, but I see that as a bonus. And if that went away, I wouldn't be you know, I wouldn't hold a grudge against Iro for taking that away. They are a business and right now I'm able to use that five minutes, you know, for whatever, twenty four hours, forty eight hours. I, honestly I don't care. It's it's a bonus for me. Um but later on if I come to want to subscribe to that service, how much I'm paying for that for 30 minutes, that that is more of an issue. And I think that's where the community may have a little bit more of a reaction to the changes that Ira may bring. Yeah, it's an interesting time. But, you know, Ira is a company which, you know, we have come to rely on. I mean, it's interesting because a lot of our listeners, I imagine, don't use Ira. I imagine a lot of people use apps no. like Be My Eyes. 
you know, which yeah. obviously mm. is free. And, you know, it doesn't provide you the same level of security. I mean, there's no way around this because you're dealing with volunteers. So you're not going to ask them to check a PIN number on a bank statement or, you know, or, or check details on a bank statement or, you know, have something with an address on it. That's not advisable. Be My Eyes are quite keen to alert you to that. Although I will say one thing about Be My Eyes, which I think is massively uh, underutilised, and that is the specialist services side. Oh, absolutely. Amazing. Getting the, I've got help with my PCs so many times from the uh, Microsoft customer support. And you're straight through, straight through. It's amazing. I kind of wonder, right, do you think Ira kicked themselves that they never thought of that? Uh, oh, yes, I would think so. Because, I mean, that's a massive source of income. Oh, it's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. And the revenue, as you said, yeah, it's a fantastic idea. And this is kind of, I mean, this is what Ida's trying to do. They're trying to get businesses to pick up the tab for a lot of this. So I think that originally the, the business plan, it certainly seemed to me, was that they would um, they would get companies to invest. So airports, for example, or shopping malls, or organizations, you know, businesses who, you know, have blind staff, you know, essentially to become those IRA access areas. And then that would help contribute to the to fund, essentially, to pay for IRA. And that doesn't seem to have happened. But I think that you have to look mm. at the bigger picture. You know, a lot of organizations are cutting back on their spending. So they just maybe look at that as a bit of a frivolous spend. Now, of course, we know that, you know, spending money so that a blind person can navigate an airport independently, that is not frivolous spending. And in fact, actually, no. as you know, as an airport boss, I'd love to sit with airport bosses and explain this to them, you know, not on, not on behalf of IRA, but just on, on behalf of, of blind people generally to say, you know, if you think about this, if you paid just this little amount of money, and I imagine in, in an airport, you know, budget, this probably would be a little amount of money. Yeah. You know, you spend this amount of money on an organisation like IRA who will provide that support level through, say, an airport. Let's just take that as an example. How much money are you paying to have physical security, or not security, but you know the, the people who get you through security, the, the security agents pulling this through? Yes, yeah, and, and those pe <laughs> the people. Who, yeah, don't pay. No, don't, don't get rid of security. Let's keep them. We maybe need them. But um, you know, I'm thinking about the people who you know help us at the airport. You know, the, the support we get, the airport assistance yeah. people. Um, now, look, I know that it's, as, as soon as I say that, someone's going to be clacking away on their keyboard saying, you can't get rid of the airport assistance people. We need them there. No, yeah, but we're not saying that. We're not, we're not saying, saying that, that. But what you're we're saying is that... You're always going to need people who can offer assistance for whatever disability. There's always going to be those people there. But let's be honest about it. If more people were using that service, I personally think, just as me, and I'll be interested to hear what people think, but I think that I would rather use an IRA agent in somewhere like an airport because at least then I'm able to do what I want to do. I'm able to go where I want to go. And I don't feel the sense of burden. You know, when I'm with an assistant, no matter how nice the person is, I always feel like if I say, for example, I'd like to go grab a coffee or I'd like to look around the electronics store in the airport. I yes. always feel like there's an immediate, someone's looking at the watch and going, I don't have time for this. Yeah. I need to get back and get the next person in. And sometimes it's more avert than that as well. Some well, that's right. Actually, I've had people actually, sigh. It's like, all right, you know what? I won't bother. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's that's a real concern, you know, that that, that happens. So, but the, there is that point. But there's also the point. Well, how much are are uh, charging? I mean, what what is the price? I agree with you. I think the overall budget when it comes to an airport, an IRA subscription for you know a, a mass or a group subscription is probably nothing. But how much is IRA charging for that? What part of their revenue is down to uh, external companies, and how much of it is down to subscription? How many subscribers has IRA got? These these are mm. important questions that we're never going to know the answer to. But um, I don't know. Ira, see, the trouble I have is Ira is an amazing service. I, I think it's it's one of the biggest positives to come to our community in, in the longest time. It's fantastic. But there's a lot of people who, who can't afford that subscription fee. Um, I, I, it would be considered for me, at, the, at this time, I've got no need for it. I've got the luxury of working from home. I've got to walk from the shed to my house and back. But if I had to commute, I would definitely want to use something like Ira because it would give me the confidence to do that and and it's safe 
environment as well. So. Well, I would go further than that. You know, this, this is like the argument I used to have. I remember when I was applying for a guide dog years ago, around 2020, I applied for a guide dog. And um, in the end, because of the pandemic, I had ended up working from home and I, I decided to abandon the application because it just seemed pointless. You yeah. know, bef- before that, I was in the office every day, five days a week. And I thought, well, I may as well, this, w- this would be something that would really benefit me being out there. But one thing I said to the guide dog people at the time was, you know, one of the benefits of having a guide dog would be that, yes, at the moment I don't go out that much. It would be good to go out more. And they said to me, yeah, but you know what? You can't have a guide dog, you know, on the basis that you might go out more. And I thought that was a little bit counterintuitive, that actually the benefit of having a service like this, and Ira's the same, is that it might actually encourage you to go out more. You know, those challenges that we have when we go out, those things that make us anxious to travel. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's a a very good point. Yeah. Okay, I mean, it's just as simple, I mean, literally as simple as this. I went to my bus stop, and I live in, you know, nowhere town Scotland, right? And I'm like, love Glasgow. And um, <laughs> I, live, I live in nowhere town, but I don't live in Glasgow. I actually live outside the city. And, you know, in this little town, it's so far removed. It's kind of forgotten, you know, electricity will get here eventually. You know, I'm running off a generator, you know, it's, it's just... And, you know, I went to the bus stop and I thought, I am never going to uh, get the answer I want to this question. So I call up the IR agent and I thought, just for a laugh, I'll ask the question. I said, look, here I am. I'm standing here at this bus stop. I'm wondering when the next bus is. Is there any way you could help me find that information out? And like 30 seconds later, the agent tells me, oh, the bus will be there in five minutes. It's going to here and it's going, it'll do this stop. And yes, it's definitely this number. It's the 254. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, that's they're the in America, right? right? They how did they know where I'm standing? And how did they, I, I still forever baffles me how they know this information. But of course, it's all based on GPS and it's based on the information they're getting. You know, and that it instantly made me feel more comfortable. And then even on the bus, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this. So I'm getting near the stop and I'm just calling up the IR agent saying, listen, I just want to make sure I'm kind of near where I'm trying to get off the bus. Oh yeah, okay, you're coming up to the street. Okay, so you're going to get, you probably want to get off and maybe stand up now. They weren't even looking at the camera. They're just following me on GPS. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And it I've just ma- more- it made, gave me so much more confidence. And that's what it comes down to, right? Just trying to lessen that anxiety, lessen that stress. You're absolutely right. So yeah. I think Ira is certainly one of the bigger access tech stories for good and bad. I mean, you know, I think that all, I, I'm really not, I, I feel almost, I feel I should try and be more balanced on this, but it's difficult with Ira because I really, I love the people. I think what they do is great. I, I mean, and I, I mean that, you know, from the people we've met, Troy and Janine, the great team who work there, who are always up front with us. And they're always on our shows talking about it. I think that's another thing that I really respect about them. They actually, they come on the show and they don't just come on because we've asked them. I mean, they actively get in touch and say, look, we would like to come on and talk about this. Yeah. They're out front with stuff. And, you know, I think that they provide a great service and, you know, do I feel it's a little bit expensive? Well, yeah, but then of course it is. Um, Yeah. But do we, do we give the same slack to uh, specialist hardware? You know, I've said, oh, man, specialist tech is so expensive and I think it's outrageous. Well, it's, it's the same, I mean, the same thing. I'm, I'm being a little bit hypocritical if I don't apply that to Ira as well. I think there's a difference. I think and the difference is um, because we don't, I, I agree with you. I think we are being hypocritical, actually. But the reason, I think, is because we don't use that specialist tech. So say, for example, you and I used a, a BrailleSense 6 yes. um, from Hims because it was, and, and you know, I, I think that is one of the best Braille displays out there. It's one of the best ones, I think, in terms of build quality and you know, there's this, the people who tell me about it is very expensive, but it, it is a brilliant device. And um, and I've I've handled Braille well uh, Hims devices before, and I must admit I feel the the, the build quality, quality on them is excellent. Yeah. yeah, very expensive. Now if I used that and I relied on that every day, I'd probably be feeling the same way about it that I do about Ira. So I think it's more about yeah. use. I feel because we don't use this stuff every day, we're maybe feeling a little bit less uh, attached to it. So I think it's more of a personal thing from us that, you know, we, we kind of defend Ira because we use it. We've, we see the value in it. If it was if it was a Braille display, we'd feel the same way, I think. So, you know, I think that's I think you're right. It's hypocritical, but I think there's a reason for it. <laughs> yes. OK, we'll excuse ourselves. We'll excuse ourselves on that one. <laughs> Listen, stick around. More to come. We're going to talk about CSUN. We're going to talk about 
Global Accessibility Awareness Day, of course, all that happening this year. This is Double Tap's seven days of 2022. Stay tuned as we continue to review the big accessible tech stories of 2022. Next. You're listening to Double Tap 7 Days of 2022, the big accessible tech news review. Now, back to the show. You're listening to Double Tap. It's our 7 Days of 2022, nearly the end of the week. And uh, we're talking about uh, all the stuff that's happened. I feel we haven't even touched the surface yet of what's actually happened this year. Um, I I want to focus in now on uh, Global Accessibility Awareness Day. It's a big event every year in the calendar. Uh, it's an opportunity for companies to talk about accessibility, for us to talk about accessibility. Look, some people, if I'm honest, we we tend to get a little bit in our community anyway, and I certainly feel this way. You know, I see a day coming up that celebrates us as disabled people. I always get a little bit like whatever, you know, especially on this show, because I'm like, well, we have every day. Yeah. We do this every day, and yeah. you've just picked up on that, and you only do one day. Um, but... <laughs> I, you know, and it always it can sometimes feel a little bit disingenuous from companies, especially when you get the tweets that go out and then they don't have the alt text on them, and you think, oh god, come yes, on, that's a bad move. Yes. It really isn't great. You know, it doesn't it's not a good look, and the community pick up on it, and rightly so. Um, you know, and so there's that kind of thing, and I, I, so I'm always a little bit eh, whatever about it, but it does have significance. It do, it's important that the conversation is happening out there. Maybe that's the important bit to to take from these events is it's not really about us per se, as in it's not, we shouldn't really be getting a huge amount out of those days, but the public should, because then they learn more about accessibility for at least five minutes. But actually this year was quite interesting because this year, like last year, actually we did get something out of it. And that was announcements from Apple on new uh, accessibility features that were coming. And that was actually announced ahead of WWDC, something Apple don't do very often, but they did it for Global Accessibility Awareness Day. And at the time, I caught up with Shelley Brisbane, our regular contributor here on Double Tap. She's, of course, the author of the iOS Access for All books. She's a broadcaster, podcaster as well. And uh, I asked her about her thoughts on Global Accessibility Awareness Day and what it actually means. For the second year in a row, it means good stuff from Apple, honestly. And I, um, the thing I did last year when they did a preview like this was I made many attempts to praise Apple for doing it. And I thought it was a good model for the way that they could preview all kinds of announcements. And they've done a few of those things. But especially for Global Accessibility Awareness Day, it's like, hey, you're not going to get as much focus at WWDC because we have so many other things to talk about, even though there have been WWDCs where they have demonstrated accessibility stuff. This is a great way to highlight it early. So we get sort of, it's like we get our Christmas presents early, honestly. And I like that. And as far as in general, what the day means to me, it's mostly advocacy outward. It's mostly me tweeting stuff out uh, for the radio show where I work. I have so far unsuccessfully, but I've been trying to think of a segment that kind of goes with it that's that's suitable for the for the mainstream because yes, as you say, for for those of us who live this stuff, our focus is kind of different than than the mainstream where you're basically saying, hey, this is a thing that you probably don't think about at all. At what level should we educate you? But the other thing is you have sort of an interesting competition between, and this was true last year, I don't know if it's going to be true this year, between the Apples and the Googles and the Microsofts and the Amazons of the world saying, we have GAAD announcements too, and that's nothing but good for us. That's the bottom line, right, is that it's good for us when they are talking about accessibility in the wider sense, and maybe that's what we need to accept that we can get out of it the same with international day of persons with disabilities or international day with you know whatever it is you know sausages <laughs> well, yeah, i'm a fan um I, I'm a, that one i do i must admit i'm all for that in fact i celebrate that every day <laughs> it's going to be very interesting to see companies response to gad this year well mm. next year if you want to say that i mean how how with you know the likes of Twitter and other companies with their cutbacks, um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. But yeah, I, I really did. I was surprised. I, I actually missed the first time Apple announced before WWDC and gave us the the because this is the second time Apple have announced uh, accessibility features before. Um, I was really surprised, and I, 
I'm kind of annoyed that I'm surprised by it because I would love Apple to be more open and, and to to give us more access and you know, so give us a little peek behind the curtain about what they're working on and things like that. And I mean, that's across the board when it comes to Apple. And we know that's not Apple's way, but when it comes to accessibility, um, it was so nice to get a bit of a heads up about you know what's coming up in the future. And I just wish there was more of it. So let's turn to CSUN, the other big event of the year. And this is actually becoming the place where we're really seeing the launch of new hardware. It used to be it was across the board. You know, Site Village in the UK, we would hear about product announcements. But you and I were at Site Village this year. We asked Humanware about specifics that they would be, you know, products they'd be launching. <laughs> and then, you know, absolutely nothing out of them. And then all of a sudden, two days later, the Stellar Trek is launched. And, yep. um, you know, th- this is the problem, I think, that a lot of these companies now, that they're kind of keeping their big announcements to one particular event. And it does seem to be CSUN, CSUN, and also the ACB and the NFB conventions. I'm hearing a lot of new product announcements coming out from there as well. Uh, But, you know, at the CSUN event this year, JJ Meadow, uh, of course, Blind Bargains, he's the guy from AT Guys as well. Uh, I sat down and talked to him about uh, what happened this year at uh, CSUN. Two years ago, that conference became a ghost town by the end of the week. All of the big companies, as in the mainstream companies, Google's, Microsoft, all pulled out at some point. And by the end of the week, it was pretty much a ghost town. And there was a lot of talk about how the conference mishandled COVID. And mind you, people didn't really know what to do with COVID at that point. So that's a bit of an understanding. But still, it was a conference that left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. So between then and now, of course, we've gone through so much. But I think by now people were ready to kind of get back in person, do a lot of things in person. There was a fair amount of health and safety protocols in place. Uh, you pretty much had to have vaccines or a negative test to attend, and they did check that when I uh, signed in for the day. You had to get a daily wristband and do a health and screening thing. But beyond that, there wasn't any limitations. The exhibit hall was there in full force. Quite a few companies were there. There was uh, certainly quite a few that didn't attend because of either their company didn't allow them to still or maybe they were actually not so happy the way they were treated last time. I know a couple didn't attend for that reason, but there was a lot of new products, and I think it was just great to reconnect and realize the value of an in-person conference again. Let's talk about some of the the product announcements. Um, we'll maybe get to that first, shall we? Because that's what everyone's interested in. Let's talk about, for example, all the new Braille tech that was on show. Lots of stuff we'd seen before, but lots of new stuff to talk about. Yes, lots of Braille. And I know this is something that we've had in the past. Like, yeah, it's the year of Braille. And we were doing this and we had various Braille displays. What was different this year is that there were tactile graphics displays that you could feel that were displaying actual graphics that were not staged demos. People had tablets connected to devices and they were sending over both images and text that you could feel. I was feeling bar graphs and pie graphs and text and graphics and text on the same display and these were things that were live and not just entirely staged demos Um, so there's a lot going on in that area and it's really exciting to kind of see the future or feel the future of tactile graphics i don't know if this would have been on display but we did hear about a new braille note taker from orbit called the orbit speak they also have and i can't remember the name of it but they also have a similar device so or, yes so orbit uh, a few years ago this is where the the tactile graphics started uh, the graffiti is a device That's that a, was yes, created in a partnership between them and several organizations including APH um, a couple of differences the graffiti also had graphics but the dots on it were quite a bit bigger and are quite a bit bigger so where the dots on the dot pad are pretty much the size of braille dots so dots on the graffiti are much larger one of the advantages of that is they do have multiple dot heights between uh, zero, which is flat, and four, which would be all the way up. And you could have you know variable dot heights. That can be useful, but the dots are quite a bit bigger. Now, what they've done this year is they've created a version of that graffiti that also has a 40-cell Braille display on the bottom. So since the graffiti does not do a great job of rendering Braille on its own, they added a line of Braille on the bottom. So you could put text on the bottom, and then you would have the graphics on the top now the original graffiti they're selling for fifteen thousand. i don't see a price yet for the new one so that's the approach they've taken so they're maybe a little uh at a different stage or uh they're taking a little different different approach with this um 
but uh, there is another contender, you're right. Uh, let's talk about note-takers then, because uh, there's a couple to talk about, and uh, the Orbit Speak is the one a lot of people have questions about, JJ. Uh, but you were telling me just before we started that uh, they're a bit quiet about this device, despite announcing it at CSUN. Yes, they announced it at CSUN. It's, I would say it's quiet because they're still trying to figure out some things like uh, important questions, like what voice is it actually going to use? So mm. if anyone has felt the Orbit Rider, the Orbit Rider is a sub $100 little Braille keyboard. And what I like to tell people is a Braille display without the display. So it's designed as a wireless keyboard to connect to mobile phones. It just has the Perkins keyboard on it and a few navigation keys. So now if you take that device, make it just a tiny bit thicker, add a speech chip, add Wi-Fi, add some other things, turn it into kind of a mini note taker. That's what they're going after with the Orbit Speak. It's still a lot of details. They're trying to flesh out on what it's, exactly it's going to do, but they definitely want to come in and make it a really affordable note taker, perhaps do some book reading features, perhaps do some other stuff, and kind of target that market for people who want a note taker that don't want to spend thousands. So what have they announced? Is it an actual product or a prototype? It is going to be a product, and he... They expect it to have it released uh, by the end of this year, perhaps a little bit sooner. It's a product that's just a lot of details they haven't worked out yet. Because, I mean, one of the questions I have, I mean, <laughs> I bet you're thinking, <laughs> I, I have don't questions know the answer too. to these questions. Yes. Right? We've all got questions. But, what you know, I'm thinking, what OS is this running? Is it going to be based on Android? Is it going to be running no. something else? No, they're not going to be based on Android because they want to keep it simpler um, as far as right. don't take it. I think it's going to be Linux in the background. Um, it's probably going to be similar software. So you already have the Orbit Reader 20+. Plus in the Orbit Reader 40, which are 20 and 40 cell Braille displays. And it makes the most sense to try to use the same soft software across all of these. So you can share features, you can share functionality, and then all of them will start getting various updates here and there. Is that what the Orbit Braille displays run off? Yeah. Linux? Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Okay. And I'm guessing no idea of price yet. No idea of price yet other than, you know, we have some baselines. So the Orbit Rider 20 Plus, at least here in the United States, sells for $749 currently. The Orbit Rider sells for $99. So one would assume we might come in somewhere in between those values somewhere. And HIMS brought out a new note taker as well. Yes. So the BrailleSense 6 came out last year. That's an, uh, an upgrade to their Polaris note taker. And now this year, because they had a Polaris Mini, now there's a BrailleSense 6 Mini. So it's a 20 cell. Uh, note taker which has all the same functionality of the braille sense 6 so this is your more high-end note taker that does run android uh, i believe it's android 10 although i don't really care too much about android versions as much as some people might uh, and i'm an android person but it's you know it's new enough that it will run all the modern android apps they really focused with these note takers on collaboration apps they were talking about new features uh, for browsing google drive dropbox OneDrive. they pretty much all just show up as a drive so you can really easily connect and share and collaborate with other features. But it was a nice, compact, and tidy note-taker. It's going to be released uh, sometime in the spring, uh, $45.95 US. So you're right, that's a little bit different than, say, you know, a $1,000 oh. note-taker. But, you know, for people who really love the uh, those products and use them a lot for school, those are definitely targeted at, at education and portables. Um, that's coming out soon. There will be an upgrade path as well if people want to move their cells from a current Polaris to a new BrailleSense 6 Mini. So talk to us about Good Maps because they were in attendance and um, I saw quite a splash about Good Maps, uh, not just uh, promoting what they do, but also they were a big part of the event itself and helping people navigate. Yeah, so Good Maps is a navigation company that kind of splintered off of APH. There used to be a Nearby Explorer, which was a GPS app that kind of briefly morphed into an indoor explorer and now good maps is its own company uh, based in louisville kentucky that you can use um, and, and they're developing technology for indoor navigation and what they're doing that's a little bit different is instead of using beacons and bluetooth uh, devices that you have to kind of install all over the place they are mapping locations using the camera technology using lidar using uh, those types of technologies so what you can do is you take your phone at a supported location like the marriott anaheim you point it vertically so the camera can kind of pinpoint where you're at, and then it will start telling you where you're at and help you navigate places. I've used this. It's not perfect, but it certainly is better than what I have seen for before for indoor navigation. It certainly is showing the potential um, of what is possible for indoor navigation. It's not just telling me that something is 100 feet away, which is what I saw before in indoor nav. I was able to say, find me the nearest restaurant, uh, restroom or restaurant, and you can, you know, it'll say walk forward for 100 feet, 
uh, turn left, and it was pretty accurate as far as the turns. You know, it's going to depend on where you're at. You know, when you're in a big hotel lobby, it's a little harder, for instance, perhaps, is to pinpoint your location versus walking down a hallway. So it's going to depend, and obviously, you know, they're going to be learning a lot, and they are learning a lot as they're going, and they want feedback on how this works for people. But this is popping up in a few locations, I think, some in the UK even, and all over the place as far as uh, trying to look at this technology. Um, this is one of a couple or one of a few different indoor navigation solutions. And one of the things I heard from all the companies is they want these things to work with each other because we don't want to go into a situation where, say, you're at an airport or a train station, and then you have to figure out which app supports your location. The ideal thing is whatever indoor navigation app you're using, it'll be able to get you around wherever you're at, just like GPS does for outdoor. Overall, it sounds like there was a lot going on. Anything else that kind of caught your, your eye, your ear as you were walking around? You're thinking, oh, that's interesting. I haven't seen that. Or was it, was it a showcase that perhaps we've maybe seen before on display? Yeah, right. Because sometimes you have companies that, you know, people aren't seeking them out because they don't really know what they do. And, you know, but there's a lot of interesting kind of uh, smaller technology. I found a company in the hall called Sixa Futuro. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. They're from Spain. And they had a lot of lower tech products. But uh, one of them was a talking globe. And it was talking using a wand that you could point at various locations. The globe itself kind of had a raised relief area, so you could feel mountains and, and lakes and things like that. And you pointed the little wand at the globe, and it would tell you what you were pointing at, whether it's a, co- a country or a region or things like that. And they market it in various countries currently. It's big in Spain and a few others, and they're kind of there because they say they can localize it, they can customize it to your country, and they're selling it for about under $200. So little things like that. It's fun to see. Uh, smaller companies, also bigger companies. Though Sony was there, Sony has had a presence for several years. And among the things they were showing, of course, they were showing their talking televisions and even a PlayStation Five. They had a, a camcorder um, that was twenty five hundred dollars, more in the professional range, but it's not the type of product that you ex- normally expect to have a screen reader in. Um, now it doesn't do things like helping you take pictures yet, but at least it reads the menus and things like that. So if somebody who was blind wanted to go into video uh, videography, they could use a device like that, and the menus and things would talk because there was a screen reader built in. I mean, that was incredible, JJ. That of course talking to us about CSUN, but you know, just this, the whole thing about the Sony camera—that's amazing. I mean, that that didn't get a huge amount of attention this year, and it probably should have. No, it's so cool, and. I, I, I've recently started trying to use cameras and you realize, okay, these are so far behind when it comes to accessibility. Mm. And then basically I am struggling so much and it would be so, I mean, the processing power in some of these cameras now is absolutely amazing. And it, it doesn't take much to add a screen reader to it to make it accessible. And it would make a huge difference. Absolutely. I'll be honest with you. I totally forgot about that. But yeah, it's, that's a, a massive thing. Well, this is why I wanted to do this show, because there's so many stories in the year we just kind of just drifted by. And, you know, yeah. this was one of them. I mean, and a part of the reason that we didn't cover it hugely on this show is because, you know, we've asked Sony to, you know, talk to us about this. And we're hoping that conversation will happen next year. But, you know, I really do want to hear from them on this, because I, I feel there's a little bit of hesitancy on their side, because I think there's a feeling of, well, you know, it has it's not fully baked yet. And we're kind of like, mm, do we want to talk about this? We've put it out there as a prototype. People can see it. I guess they were going to see Sun to showcase it. I will say that you know the, the team uh, at Sony are actually quite keen on going out there and showing the products, but I think it's more a case of let's just put it out there as a concept and see what people think of it first, and then we'll we'll develop it into something else because you know it is not clearly ready for prime time, but you well, know it does not? show what's possible. Well, look, I mean look, they've got to develop it, and like you know JJ says, you know one of the things it doesn't do is guide you to take the pictures. Yeah, and you know, despite totally all this processing, I, I mean, I, I think we can expect too much when we're talking about guiding to take the best pictures and whatever else. But just giving access well, not really. to the I mean, menus, you know, all our smartphones can do it now. Yeah, I know, but okay, add that feature in, it'll be great. I, 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 honestly, I don't think you need it. I think it's absolutely fine just to have the menus and settings and buttons made accessible. That's more than enough, surely. Uh, the barrier of low expectations, eh? Yeah, yeah, okay. Then. No, no, no. See, this is the problem, though. As soon as you start using it, you'll be like, do you know what this thing needs? It no, needs a way no, for no. me to guide me. <laughs> how do I know how many people are in the frame? How do I know if their heads are cut off? How do I know what's going on? And yeah. that's the problem, right? I, I get that. I get that. Okay, I'll take that back. Maybe you're right. But, you know, great to hear about the different products. I think that the, the Orbit Speak 
oh, is the one which I'm kind so of cool. It does. It's still not quite available yet, as far as I know. No. It's still saying pre-order when you go to the website. Well, at least last time I checked. So I'm really, really anxious to actually see that because it sounds really cool. I just that's the, the kind of device I would be really keen on. You know, I like the fact it's got the audio out. I think it's great for people who are like us, who are coming to Braille later in life, who maybe don't want to make the kind of investment that you would make in a, a job. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely right. It's it's something you could yeah, almost as a as a learning uh, device, yeah. really. I mean, it would be really cool. I would love to get my hands on that. So, yeah, there's that. I mean, and, you know, also, and, and this is the other thing, I mean, it wasn't just the only event where we saw and heard about new products. We heard, of course, Site Tech Global this year had a lot of new products, one in particular, which we're going to be speaking to the guys about uh, coming up in the new uh, year of Double Tap is a, a company called Celeste, which are making new glasses. And these are glasses which are very traditional style glasses. They, there's nothing particularly big and bulky about them, but they do have audio in them. They do have capabilities. And, you know, it's kind of kind of like maybe taking over where Bose frames left off, but adding some other features like Envision has. Oh, very interesting, very interesting absolutely. new product. And Canadian as well, which is brilliant. So we're Hooray! going to be hearing from them <laughs> the new year. Um, because, you know, I think this is what it's all about. You know, we're seeing these continual developments. And I feel, you know, I do feel, and we said this earlier in the year as well, I feel that we're kind of beta testing as blind people. We are the blind beta testing people. Um, there's blind a company beta. name for you. BB. Uh, BBT, yeah, whatever. But yeah, the, the blind beta testing people, because we do. I mean, we, we, we're we essentially having, we're, we're at the forefront of this. Blind people always have been. You know, I was talking to a guy the other day, he was in the house, he was putting up a TV for us in the house, and um, he was saying, you know, so you as, as a blind person, he said, you don't really use technology, do you? And this <laughs> is after I told him what I do for a living. And, I, and he's like, yeah, but but what tech can you use? And I said, well, it's so it's so interesting you asked that question as you sit here hanging a TV in my house, in a in a house which has got lots of tech in it. Yes. What tech do I use? Well, you know, I'm not being funny, but you're the one with eyes that work. Look around you. Oof. And that wasn't um, being funny. Sarky. Okay. Oh, you know, you know me. So, yes. but I'm I'm like honestly, guys, come on. But anyway, he 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 kind of we had a chat about it, and I don't really think he got it. Is is the honest thing? I think no, he maybe thought no. I was making it up. But yeah. I'm like, you know, and I showed him the I showed him the iPhone. I said, look, as simple as this. And he, he asked the question, the time old question, which is, well, you know, I mean, that, that sounds great. I mean, you know, it's great that you can get that, you know, sort of bolted on to your iPhone. And I'm like, it's not bolted on. Yeah. It's part yeah. of the thing. It's but you have to in, meet mate. people where they are. And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people don't get it. And, you know, you try and we do try where we can to to educate people on it. But um for I that, don't. but but that the, the irony, <laughs> the, the point I'm making is that the irony there is that we actually do, we, t we tend to test the latest kit first, you know, as blind people, because this is the kind of stuff that, I mean, like the wearable thing this year, you know, we oh, were yeah. ahead of the game on yeah. in front of everybody else on this. Yeah. No, so absolutely. blind people are great. That's what I'm saying. Yes, the community is great. How many, so many beta testers. There's no so many people in the community that just jump on any any beta test that's going on. There's never a, you know, oh, we don't have enough volunteers to help us beta test this product. We're on it straight away. Absolutely. Well, some more to come tomorrow. We're out of time today, but really had a great show today. Just going back through some of those great big announcements of the year. More to come tomorrow. It will not surprise you that we have to mention the T word, Twitter. We're going to have to talk about Twitter tomorrow because it was a big story of the year. We're going to talk about that and we have a really interesting conversation we've unearthed to <laughs> from the archive. Uh, uh, so we'll get into that tomorrow. Very interesting conversation with one of our uh, long-time contributors here at AMI. Uh, that's it for today, though. Thank you so much for listening. Sean, thank you. We'll catch you tomorrow. Thank you. Bye-bye. Check us out daily on AMI-audio. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Also find us across social media and on YouTube at Double Tap On Air. Catch you tomorrow. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.